So uh, the Lord gave me this word a while back, and um, I think I was hearing something different at first. So I kept putting it off, and um, I was just on the phone with one of my friends. She's, she's came here before. Her name's Diane. And uh, sometimes we pray together and talk together over the phone. And um, I just told her, I said, pray for me about this because either I'm not hearing from the Lord or I'm hearing from the Lord, so I want to know <laughs> which one it is. And she's one of my good friends that I've known since I was six, seven, eight years old. Uh, and she will always tell me the truth. She was one of my roommates in college, and uh, we've laughed together, cried together, and she'll she'll just tell me. And so anyway, we were praying, and I told her to ask the Lord, "Am I supposed to speak on this today?" And we both clearly heard yes. Uh, so it makes sense, maybe why the enemy would tell me not to is because of what all we're going through in this world today, but. The Lord um, is going to have me just speak a little bit on this. Um, I might say more on it at a different day and time because Ryan's going to speak today. So uh, I'm not going to take up his time. Um, but it was on deception. I kept hearing something else, but then the Lord, after we prayed, I just kept hearing it as clear as day. Uh, whether we call it just being deceived or deception or a spirit of deception. It's, it's all deception. <laughs> Um, but he kept telling me, and then I was like, okay, Lord, give me, give me things in the Bible. Obviously, we know who the main deceiver is, is Satan. But God showed me, he said, you know, the first time that deception happened, obviously, we always go, well, it was probably Adam and Eve, but actually, it was in heaven. And that is when Satan deceived a third of the angels to hang out with him, listen to his lies, and go with him and do his work. So that was the first time. The next time was Adam and Eve. We all know about that story. There's several times in the Bible that you can look up and you see where people were deceived, whether they were deceived by the enemy, telling them a lie that they came into agreement with, um, or believing a lie from somebody else that was actually physical human. We've all been deceived. We've all deceived people times that we didn't even know we were doing it not on purpose and we've all been deceived then the lord uh led me to another one you guys can look this up about ananias and sapphira i'm not going to read the scriptures but i'm just going to give you the little short version um ananias and sapphira had the money they had and then they lied both of them uh separately and uh then god was like okay you know we're, we're done with the line and using your money in, in corrupt ways. And so they were gone, just like that. And you guys can get into that story and read that yourself. But God showed me different times in Scripture where uh, people were lied to and deceived. They deceived, and then other people deceived them. That's happened to all of us. Uh, I, I was talking to Robin here recently, and uh, I asked her if I could use a story. I'm not going to use the person's name, and probably none of y'all would know this person anyway. Um, but we had a person that came in here right before I met Robin, and this person was very persuasive with the things that they said and did uh, in order to use our venue 
Well, I kind of knew that that was happening in my spirit, but I was like, well, we'll just give this person time and chance. She's trying to start a new business, blah, blah, blah. Well, the sad thing was is she didn't try to manipulate and deceive just me and Jason. She did it with a lot of people. Then it proceeded to get worse. I set a boundary with this person. This person did not come back to us anymore for things. <laughs> and uh, But what was real interesting is Robin told me later, uh, Robin tried to minister and witness to this person. This person says she's a Christian. So that's where it even gets more deceptive sometimes when they use the whole Christian language to get what they want. Uh, Robin ended up having to talk to this person later because she had deceived a lot of people, stole a lot of money, people's time, energy, and uh, obviously we pray for that person that she'll get healed and delivered from that. But deception is really easy in this day and time. How do we deal with deception? What is deception? Um. So one of the things the Lord showed me is how do we open up our spirit, our spirit, body, soul, and mind to a spirit or deception? Mom hurt, dad hurt, church hurt, friend hurt, unforgiveness, bitterness, ungodly walls, ungodly soul ties which are unhealthy friendships and relationships it can be christian ones non-christian christian uh ungodly fear that's just a few ways that we can open ourselves up to deception we can all say i was talking to lonnie about this earlier we are living in a world in a day and time where there is so much deception correct it's everywhere every day you wake up I used to watch Fox News a while back. I hadn't done that in a long time. And Jason caught on to me. He's like, we have to turn this off. But my mind kept thinking, this was even pre-COVID, but, but I, I need to know what's going on in the world today so I can pray about it. That's where the enemy was getting me. And then finally, the Lord, after Jason said something to me, he was like, uh, Wendy, if you're in my word... You're not going to be deceived. You're not going to have to know every little detail of what's going on because most of that stuff's twisted anyway. So one of the lies that you could listen to is maybe people that are in your life that fully don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They might have a good motive and be good people, but if they don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, sometimes it's not too wise to listen to their counsel. Because maybe they're being used by the enemy and they don't even know it. So today, I want to encourage you all. I'm going to say a prayer and I've got a few other things I'm going to say. Be careful who your counsel is. Wise counsel is older people that have been there, done that, that love the Lord. There's nothing wrong with getting counsel from them. But how do we keep ourselves from being deceived? Because it's easy. I've been deceived. I get deceived probably on a weekly basis by something because the enemy's swirling so much in this day and time. I mean, all kinds of lies. I, I get told a lie. 
Casey and I get told lies all the time and are trying to be deceived with stuff that brides want. <laughs> I mean, we get blown away some weeks that we're like, whoa, I can't believe that they tried to use me against Jason, against Casey, Casey against me, Casey against Jason to get something they want and be deceptive. So how do we keep ourselves from being deceived? Submit your whole life to the Lord. Know God as your personal Lord, friend, and Savior, and know his word. You can't go through life and expect that when you come to church, that's going to be your fill-up for, for every day. Used to, we could kind of do that. We can't do that anymore. So know God's word. Get in his word. Study it. If you don't understand it, go to somebody that does understand it more than you. Sometimes when I struggle, I might go to Lonnie or Sue or somebody that has been in the word for a lot longer than me that has studied the Hebrew part of it that I can say, hey, what does this mean? I don't understand this. Um, have a godly mentor. Be in a small group that's healthy with like-minded people. Pray. Be willing to repent of deception, etc., that you've willfully given yourself into or, or you don't even know you have. Uh, allow godly people to speak truth into your life. Trust the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength and with all your might, and he will make your path straight. You, it's when you are totally submissive to God and his will, you, you can't go wrong. You might step off a little bit, but God will just do just like the sheep. He'll pull you back out. And we're not perfect. There's nobody in this room that's perfect. Not one person. There was only Jesus. So we are going to struggle. We've got to give each other grace to keep from being deceived. Why does God want people to be in church? Because this is the place that we come to that we get encouraged, that we get true spoke to. So when we leave here, we can fight the battles we need to fight. So today, when I do this prayer... Ask the Lord if you are being deceived in any way. Give the Lord permission to release whatever spirit of deception has gone on in your life, whether you're deceiving somebody or you're being deceived. Let the Lord heal you today of any deception. Deception, what, what's the main part of deception that's going on in this world? It's witchcraft and occult. That's what deceives our minds. Some of it we just don't even know and understand, but we know God is the authority. He's in control if we submit ourselves to him. So I'm going to do a short prayer. I'm not going to do this whole prayer. If anybody wants the whole prayer, I'll be more than glad to copy it off. Some people have it. Some people don't. But it's a good prayer that I do every, I don't, I don't know, every so often. When I feel like my mind's being bombarded with negative thoughts, I have a lot of fear or anxiety, this is what prayer that I do that releases me from any of that, what I call the crazy train. So if everybody will just close their eyes, I'm going to do this prayer. And you ask the Lord. This is you with the Lord. Ask the Lord during this time and just repent. Say, Lord, I don't want any of that. I don't want to be deceived. I want to be with you when you come back. I don't want anything or anybody to deceive me. 
And so in the name of Jesus Christ, Yeshua, my Lord and Savior, I ask you, most high God, to bind and break all powers, principalities, all wickedness and high thrones and dominions, any strong man that would insert influence over any person in this building right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ, we break all powers by the power of Jesus Christ of any witchcraft, any witchcraft control, any mind-binding spirits, spirits that block or bind our will, our mind, spirits of destruction, lust, fantasy lust, perversion, intimidation, rebellion, rejection, schizophrenia, paranoia, anger, hatred, wrath, rage, distrust, resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness, slander, unteachableness, deception, doubt, unbelief, passivity, pride, false humility, and expose all forms of deception in the name of Yeshua. We're nothing without you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, I ask, Father God, that you'll break all evil powers or curses affecting our sight, our smell, our taste, our touch, our healing, or our hearing, all evil against every part of our emotions, against our spine, spleen, navel, heart, throat, and between our eyes and the top of the head. Lord, I ask that you, Father God, Jesus Christ, break off anything on our reproductive, skeletal system, respiratory, ingratory, nervous system, digestive system, in the name of Yeshua. You're the one that does this, Lord. I don't. And so, Father God, I ask that you break off all forms of deception today. I ask, Father God, in the name of Jesus that you would break off all curses, spells, incantations, sorcery, magic against our health, our finances, our jobs, our ministry, against our spirits, souls, bodies, minds, will, emotion, and mental health in the name of Jesus. Every spirit has to bow to the name of Jesus. So I bind you up today because you will not affect the people of God. In the name of Jesus, I ask, Father God, that every spirit in this prayer that is prayed for be bound off of each person by Matthew 18, 18. I ask also that this prayer be in effect for every person that came to any person's mind that is causing any deception with whom this person is prayed for or anybody in contact with this person. And so I ask you, Most High God, to release opposing each person in here and the people that came to their minds. Um, I ask that you release upon each person and each ministry prayed for the Holy Spirit to receive the seven spirits of God 
The spirit of the Lord fall down on people in here. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, Isaiah 11, 2. And along with that spirit, the spirit of mercy, grace, and peace, shalom, peace. In the name of Jesus, I ask you, Most High God, to place a shield of faith over every person's mind in here. And of those persons that we have prayed for, ask that you protect everyone in here against infiltration of end times mind control and deception. Father God, that no weapon that the enemy forms against us shall prosper. Because we are covered by the blood of Jesus, and you have put all things underneath the enemy's feet. Isaiah 54, 17, Ephesians 1, 22. Because Christ dwells in us, we are declared greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. In Jesus' name, in the name of Yeshua, amen. So before I start... I want to pray, but um, Carter, can you come up here and pray? <laughs> so we do this at youth every week, because um, I'm really bad to remember a pray, so. I, I didn't even know this was going to happen. <laughs> uh, dear Lord, just thank you for this day, Lord, and I just pray over Ryan, and I just pray that you speak through him and just uh, give ears to listen, because God gave us two ears for a reason, um, and we just love you, Lord, and we just invite you in. Um, this morning, once again, we just let your Holy Spirit move. Uh, we just ask that you speak through uh, Ryan, and we just thank you for everything you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Um, thank you, Carter. Yeah, so um, just to give a little bit more background, I'm a youth pastor, so like it will be quick today. I usually have about 15 minutes of kids' attention, so that's my time frame I'm used to, so we'll be out here quick. Um, <laughs> that's true. Um, first thing is, uh, what I'm about to preach on is more for me than you. Um, that happens a lot of times whenever I decide to preach on something, it hits me more than anyone else, so just know that if you get offended, I was offended first, I was very mad, and I had to decide what I was going to do with that. Um, so, hold on, I forgot. We have to... I've got to get my little notes up. Um, so when I told Jason I wanted to preach, like, I told him I wanted to preach, and I was like, I'll figure out the message later. Um, you know, what could go wrong? Uh, what, what Jesus really started, or God started really working on me was, what is biblical parenting? What is biblical discipline? Like, what, what is that supposed to look like? Um, and that led me down to, like, how am I supposed to parent? What is the difference between a good parent and a bad parent? Because um, like, we all know what bad parenting looks like. We know what good parenting we think looks like. But what makes the difference overall? Um, I mean, you know, I, I deal with youth every day. Mandy deals with college. So, like, I see what happens when people have good parenting and bad parenting. Um, I see the end results of that. Um, I feel like, you know, I struggle with being a parent just as much as being a spiritual leader in the house. Like, I feel like every day I'm like, am I being a good spiritual leader? What does that look like? Where's the instruction manual for this? 
And then, like, once I get that, I'm like, well, what about parenting? Where's the instruction manual for that? And then by that time, I've lost the instruction manual for, uh, you know, being a spiritual leader. I'm like, these are hard to keep up with. Um, so what I really try to do is um, really try to, you know, be in the Word, figure out what that says. Because when you go to the Word, um, it says the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, is this it? Yeah, here we go. Found it. Um, so it says, we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. So if we take this from Scripture, if we say that's the truth, and we say that's how we're going to base every decision we make, be it parenting, how to lead Mandy, then we know it won't change. Because, you know, I've used this example in youth, like, 20 years ago, skinny skinny jeans were in. Now, if I was to go out and wear skinny jeans, I would be laughed at. I get laughed at in this anyway, but it's another story. Um, But if we base what we're going to do based on what culture says is right, we're going to be, you know, bell bottoms in the 70s, ashes was in the 80s, skinny 90s, I don't even know what the 2,000 were. I was already out of fashion by then, so just bear with me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So this is how I've decided to try to live my life. Like, don't even come close to being good at it, but I try. Um, So then I go, okay, what does the Bible, if we take this, what does the Bible say about discipline? And maybe. Okay, it says those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Okay. So, as Jason says, I have a gift of admin. I'm a CPA. So, like, my first thought is, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? Like, what does it mean to discipline? Like, what does that mean? Like, what is good discipline? What's bad discipline? Um... You know, I try to break down everything. Like, Mandy hates me for this. Because if we're having a conversation, she has like five points. I've got to complete that first point first before we can move to the next four. Even 45 minutes later, I'm like, no, no, no. What do we mean here? Like, what does rod of discipline mean? Like, we're talking about rod? We're talking about like a fishing pole? Like, what? Um, So, like, when I break this down, I go, okay. What does this mean? Like, for me, like, this means parents are responsible for their children. Like, when I read this, I'm reading a little bit into it. I'm saying those who discipline are the ones who are around the most, those who see the most. So parents are responsible for disciplining their children, not grandparents, grand, you know, uncles, aunts, youth pastors, college ministers, kids pastors. No one but the parent is responsible for disciplining. Um... It also means discipline is a good thing. You know, regardless of what you hear or feels like in the moment, discipline is good for the children. Um, But that left me with my next little question because I have to know everything. What is good discipline? You know, because we all know what bad discipline is. Like, if I go out and I just beat my kid for two days, it's probably not right. If I go out and I tell my kid how stupid they are, how dumb they are, how they never get anything right, 
that's probably not right. Um, so is it timeout? Is it we're going to have a talking to? Is it spanking? Like, what is good discipline? So that's where I, you know, if I go again. Um, so my next thing, and Eli, can you help me with this one? There's a lot of verses. Um, so we go Hebrews 12, 4 through 11, to see what the Bible says about discipline. It says, after all, have you not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin? And have you forgotten that encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child does, don't make light of the Lord's discipline, and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. Hold on, Eli. I want you to stop right here. So, no discipline, illegitimate. Like, think what that means. Like, that's not saying, you know, you're just going to be cast out. That means you were never his child to begin with. So, go for it, Eli. We'll catch that later. Um, since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirit and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how, but God's discipline is always good for us, so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Is that the end? All right, sweet. Um, so what does this teaching teach us about discipline? You know, it teaches us that why do we need discipline? Because if you don't have it, then you're not going to live forever. So you're going to go to destruction. And just to be clear, living forever means in heaven. Things will still happen here, but you're guaranteed eternal life. See, you have to watch your children to see where they're going. Are they going towards the path of righteousness? Or are they going away from it? If they're going away from it, you're disciplined to get them back on the path. How are we supposed to discipline? It's by our actions and words. Proverbs 3.11 says, My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. So, oh, I actually had that in there. It was not bolded. Um, so, like, if we use this, like, we're supposed to correct them. We're supposed to sometimes use actions to correct them. But it's always to get to an end to where they're back on the right path. So what is the motivation of discipline? It's to express love. Powerful ways to love your child is to be consistent in your discipline. I cannot count the times I've heard kids say this. I just got grounded by my parents. And I always ask, how long are you grounded? They respond back, two weeks. But it'll probably be about three or four days. How is your kid supposed to learn anything if that day changes? That tells me one of two things. Actually, it tells me one thing. When you disciplined your kid, you were angry. You didn't discipline out of love. Because if you discipline out of anger, you come back later and say, that was too harsh. I needed to be better about it. Notice we never said discipline had to happen right then in that moment. So I'm going to challenge you all, if you're disciplined with anger, 
you're always going to have to come back and go, hey, I'm sorry, you know, ask for forgiveness. But if you show them how you're supposed to discipline love, you're going to always be right. See, because the goal is to teach obedience. The goal is to say, hey, if you do this, good things happen. You won't go down the wrong path. Because at the end of the day, you have short-term pain for long-term gain. Like you're hoping that the short-term pain of not being on the iPad for three days, having them sit in time out for five minutes, will correct them to where they're going. So let me ask you all this. Does knowing that do anything? See, I know that if I want to lose weight, I need to stop eating Five Guys. I need to stop eating like crap. You know, if, I know if I want to save more money, I need to stop eating Five Guys. I need to stop, you know, going out. But at the end of the day, if I don't change the person looking in the mirror back at me, nothing's going to change. Because I can have all the head knowledge. I can know exactly what the Bible says. But if my heart doesn't change, what good is it? Like, you, there, is, there has to be a heart change. There has to be a reason you want to have this change. You see, because we, we get very good at, you know, looking at other parents, looking at other people and saying, yeah, my kid's not that bad. Or we look at our kids and go, why do you do this? Like, why, why do you want to be on YouTube Kids every day, like for eight hours a day? But, you see, we get very, also easy it's saying, why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? See, how often do you correct your kid playing on your iPhone because they distracted you from being on your iPhone? Or they distracted you from your TV show? See, because that's what happened this week to me. Baseball's back. I'm wanting to watch Atlanta Braves. And Grace is just wanting my attention. And then sometimes she just, you know, gets a little loud. Sometimes she gets a little into it. And I have to correct her because she's distracted me from my distraction. Um, you see, also, how many have working from home or have worked from home because of COVID? Okay. Working from home sounds awesome. It's really fun for about the first two days. Then you realize that your parent or your wife and your kid gets to see you in work mode. They get to see that, oh, you have meetings from 8 to 11, 30-minute break for lunch, and you're back in the meetings, and they don't understand. Like, Grace does not understand that I have meetings that I have to be in. Um, so I have to always remind her that I'll play with her later, which is real easy to do in the time and say, I'll just do it when I get off work, and then when I get off work, I've got to eat dinner, I've got to do this, I've got to do all this stuff, and maybe I don't make time for that day. So the next day, when I say, I'll play with you later, she knows that's not going to happen because she has proof. So, like, now I have a three-year-old or four-year-old now that knows that if I don't get daddy's attention now, I'm not going to get it. Like, he's not going to make time for me. See, like, I always have to remember that. And sometimes I do get angry. Sometimes I lash out at her. Like, sometimes I go, why are you being like this? Not realizing I might be the one causing the problem. But then I go back to Scripture. We don't have the verse for this. But, uh, you know, I, I remember a story that was told. The son goes to the dad and says, can you just die already? I really want your money. 
I really want to live life now. And the dad's pretty mad, but he's a good father, so he gives him money. The son goes and squanders it. Then he's homeless, eating with the pigs. And he goes back home to work for his dad to get out of the situation and to maybe pay back some of the money to his dad. And he gets to his dad, and his dad says, Why are you here? You wanted me dead. I gave you your share. We are done. I'm dead to you. Like, was that not in your Bible? Because that's how I would have responded. That's how I would have responded out of hate, out of anger that they treated me that way. You see, he wanted me dead. He wanted me dead so he could have his money. He wanted my money so he could go do what he thought was best. And yet he's going to come back and tell me that he was wrong and that I was right this whole, this whole time. But maybe, but how did he react? He said, no, I'm going to love him in this. Forget that and show him grace. You see, I think we sometimes know that discipline's a way easier to do for kids when you just have control, when you have anger towards them. Because that feels good. That's how we want to parent our kids. Because it's really easier to go, I'm going to put you in timeout because you've messed up. I'm going to spank you because you've messed up. And not ask, why did you mess up? Why are you acting out right now? Because if you look at Ephesians 6.4, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. From the Lord. Not from how you feel in that moment. Not how you want them to act, you know. Because there's times Grace does stuff, and I really want her to act a certain way. Like, I would love if we got to Texas Roadhouse, her not be the loud kid screaming, all this stuff. But that's who she is. I have to know in that moment, how do I instruct her not to do what I want? Or do I just say, that's her personality. Like, I'm not going to be a social butterfly. I'm not going to be the one who's getting people around me. But Grace is, because she's fun. Um, I can tell you this. I've seen this from every college kid we've had come through our house. That when parents are angry at them, they run towards other things. Every girl that's come into our ministry who's been had a daddy mad at mommy mad at mommy didn't treat him right, ran straight to guys. Every boy that's come into our ministry, same thing. Where parents were mad at they couldn't do anything right. They ran either straight to boys or straight to girls. <laughs> We've not had that yet. <laughs> or they were running out, out of the store with a Grateful Dead t-shirt as fast as they could because that's how they got acceptance. <laughs> and you see, here's the thing. No matter what, parents are called to do one thing, as we all are. In Matthew 28, 19, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. See, here's the thing. You are in your mission field right now. If a kid leaves you right now and doesn't know the true love, there will never be anyone that has the opportunity you do to show them that. Um, so if you're in the checking boxes, like, Okay, I need my kid to play baseball, play golf. They need to do this exactly the way I want them to. They need to win all the trophies. They need to do all this. They need to make straight A's because if they don't make A's, they won't go to college. If they don't go to college, they'll just be high school dropouts. They live with me the whole time. 
If that's your only worry about your kids, you're going to miss it. They're going to miss it. Because at the end of the day, all of us end up in the same box, in the same ground, and we either go to heaven or we don't. And what they happen between is that either for the next 70 years after they leave your house 18, try to get away from a mom or dad who's controlling, who was only there for the show of it to show that they were a good parent because they were the coach, they were the stage mom who was always there, or it was just fake. Like, that's what they run from. Every college kid that comes in their house, they're running from something. And I'm praying that's not our kids, but it could be. See, see, I never said a parent took them to church. Like, get excited about coming to church as you do about going to the ball field, going to gymnastics, going to go shopping with your kid, going to go out to eat with your kid. Like, think of how special you make that for your kid, that you're going to go out and you're going to have that time with them. See, because at the end of the day, I've heard from all of those college kids back there, they say the same thing. Why do I want what my parents have? What's so good about it? They're miserable. They hate each other. They're only together because of me. Why do I want that Christianity? What's so good about it? Because they didn't treat me well. I might have had one parent who treated me well. The other just yelled at me and tried to control me and tried to make me into her image, his image, of exactly what they wanted. So I'm going to close it with just this challenge of saying we can do better. And you can do better and will impact more people than you ever will know. But most importantly, if, you, if you're not a parent, it will impact your future kids and nieces and nephews. And if you're a parent, it will impact the people sitting in the backseat of the car as you're going home today. Um, so we're just going to close in prayer, and then we're going to leave. Um, Lord, just, uh, we just pray right now just uh, for you uh, just to fill hearts and just to really just uh, just be in our minds today as we parent you know, our future children, our children now, as we go about that we just always want you. Um, Lord, we just pray for you. Pray for us just that um, we're just vessels for you. That we show people as we go out that our parenting is different. That's from you. That we don't just... You know, we don't just yell at our kids just because we're not acting right, that we take time to pray about it, to discipline them in love. And God, we just pray that you just keep wrecking me and just keep helping me be a good uh, dad to grace. In your name we pray. Amen.